Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rap Chat Podcast. Uh, before we head into the podcast, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and also leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Rap Chat Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every week. I'm your host, Luke Dick. I'm Elias Eldridge. And I'm Sam Kenny. And I got to give us a, a nice little round of applause here just because it's nice to have at least Elias back in person. And, you know, feels good um, to be back. Yeah. Back it's at like, the kitchen table. Uh, Sam got the snips, but that's not it by any fault of his own. So, what'd you say you had? Man, I'm, I'm jealous, man. I want to be back. He got the snips like, like you got cut. You know, like, yeah. you know, I'm never coming oh, back. If you're on like oh, a yeah. team I've or something, you got I think, the snips. Don't they call that like <laughs> when you get your. It's like that's a surgery. No, like, no, 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 not vasectomy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> no. they call it. Like, I got snipped. <laughs> yeah, but like I've got the update, like, guys. Sam got, got the snipped. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sam got a vasectomy. <laughs> Just wanted to announce that to yeah. everybody. Just so you guys know. Yeah, yeah. If everybody. he seems a little weird. Yeah, that's today. that's that, that, that's why I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's still in the hospital. Actually. Yeah, that's why you can't see Sam's lower half. Yeah, they got to the keep it 24 hours. Fresh off vasectomy, Sam Kenny. Uh, but, I'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Good as new. So it's it is nice to be back in person. I fucking nice. I just love recording in person, man. I, like, I really do. I like not having the delay, dude. Oh, that, that was a big part of it. Especially my Wi-Fi wasn't as good. Like Sam's Wi-Fi is better than mine. Right. So I always had a delay, and then I, we ended up talking over each other and all yeah, that stuff. Just yeah. so much smoother. Yeah, totally. And yeah, the, I hate how you have to have like a decent Wi-Fi connection. Sam's got yeah. some pretty blessed Wi-Fi there at his house. So yeah, man. Really concerned with well. that. But um, man's poopy. Anyways, so I guess we should start rolling. So today's schedule for the podcast is game recaps. We'll be recapping the Jazz game and the Bucks game. Mm-hmm. And then we've got questions for each other and then looking ahead. Mm-hmm. So this one might be a little bit short, which is okay because, you know, I think we're 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 all three of us here are in a little bit of a transitionary period. Yeah, and, I'm moving you know, into a whole new place right semester now. Semester starting right now. This doesn't have to be the longest podcast, you know what I'm saying? We had a great podcast the last even though they were over uh, like virtual and stuff. We had some yeah. great podcasts yeah. in the oh, past. Yeah. So if the, even yeah. if this one's and a little And maybe at the end of though, if it is too short, Sam could give us a little story about his vasectomy. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still time. <laughs> we, we need 10 minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah, make sure we save 10 minutes at the end. Just in the, in the, in the bar at the bottom has vasectomy. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam's vasectomy. Sam's giving medical advice. Um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, I All guess right. we can get started. So yeah. I apologize, everybody. I wasn't aware that I had the Jazz game, and that's my fault. I didn't you know d- do my due diligence and look at which game I had, so my bad. Um, but I think maybe we can all sort of give a collaboration on the Jazz game. It yep. was a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Um, Start with this game, though, the Bucks one. Did that one? The Bucks was first, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Bucks, Bucks was last. I think because uh, they, they had the same colors, probably because I was I thought the Bucks was for second some reason I could have sworn that we just played the Bucks. I played the Jazz because they had that remember Eric Pascal and yeah, but I thought we I thought we just oh you're right yeah because I was at the, oh yeah you're right you yeah. are right yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. I watched the Jazz game here and I watched the Bucks game when I was when I was just on my phone when I was yeah. out and about doing things yeah right okay yeah so we'll talk right. about the Bucks game first all right and then we'll move on to the Jazz game all right. Um, yeah, so the Bucks and uh, Raptors game, they played, was it uh, was it Wednesday they played? Yeah, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday. the 5th. Yeah, Wednesday <coughs> the 5th. Um, so we got lucky again playing with the against the Bucks. They didn't have Giannis again due to non-COVID illness. Um, I feel like he's scared to play us. Dude, I, dude <laughs> like, okay, 
I don't. I don't he knows know. Nick Nurse knows how to guard him. He's he knows. Yeah, and He's scared. I was I was actually very disappointed to not see Giannis because they just played the Hornets and Giannis is back and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I want to see. I want. Like you had your so. whole team pretty much there except for you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. what are you not doing showing up, especially for that game? And Toronto and Milwaukee have had a beef, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. not not like a. You know, I, I respect yeah, Milwaukee. There's a little rivalry. rivalry. Yeah, rivalry. That's a better. That's a better term. Rivalry. <laughs> rivalry. Rivalry. Yeah. Um, because we beat them, right? In the in what was it? East Conference semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and or no, East Conference finals. It was the East Conference. No, East Conference final that. was isn't that the Seventy Sixers? No, that no, that, no, that was Kawhi no, Shaw. Kawhi Shaw was semifinals. Then we played Bucks oh. finals. Then we went to the Warriors. Right, right, right. And yeah. so yeah, we beat them in the Eastern Conference finals, and nothing has really been the same for us since the, especially because us moving to Tampa and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really know. Have we seen the Bucks this year? Besides yeah, that? yeah, yeah. But Giannis didn't play both games. Though. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't know what Giannis's <laughs> deal is, man. I, I don't know why he's not wanting to play against us. I actually low key because I knew he wasn't out for COVID, and yeah. I was like, why are you yeah, out then, like, bro? Yeah, like yeah. you're just sitting out this game. Like I said, non-COVID illness. I don't know what that. Maybe yeah, maybe I'm they like, want to rest him and not say it. I don't know. I know, but at the um, end of the day, it's like we aren't we? We're the seventh seed. Like you don't want to play us. Like you're, aren't they like the third? The third seed. Uh, they're uh, up, it's switching around a lot. Second, yeah, yeah, they're out. First is uh, the like, Bulls. There, there's a yeah. there's a real chance we we play them in the first round of the uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. If things mm, that would who be knows very what goes on. Right? They don't. He doesn't want right Nick now. They're Nurse, the fourth. He doesn't want Nick Nurse to game plan for him. So mm-hmm. like, mm, that's what it is. I think he's scared of uh, Chris Boucher. Dude, I you do know too, I get S- it, Similar play styles. I would be scared. Know. I would be scared. I'd be scared. Similar play styles. Uh, Chris Boucher, way better shooter. Yeah. Probably more athletic, <laughs> stronger. Just all around better. Honestly, and this is yeah. de- all around defense is better than Giannis's too. Um, yeah. yeah. Boucher for all star. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's get let's get into this first quarter. Yeah. So first quarter, uh, there was no defense played this oh, quarter man. Uh, by any means. Um, it was tough. So yeah, some things I saw in the first quarter. Uh, Fred and Gary uh, were hot right out of the gate, both making. Mm-hmm. Uh, all their shots, they were combined. Uh, it was exciting. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wait. No. Yeah. Gary. Gary's making some mid-range shots, but Fred had a nice three. Um, and Pascal. Pascal, great game. Um, first quarter, he's being very aggressive, getting to the rim. He was finding a lot of the uh, the holes in the defense, and just he has his he he's a great way of his great footwork when he's going in, in, yes. in the lane. So um, he knows. He I think we've seen his very footwork well. improve just within the season. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Um, even his spin move looks more clean. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he knows how to step through really well, and he's so lanky too. So he'll just, he'll just go like this and get through, and yeah. he he has a nice touch around the rim. So I saw a lot of that in the first quarter, which I love to see from Pascal. Um, another thing I saw this game. Hey, after that Nick Nurse rant I had a few weeks ago. The plays have been much better. There's been it actual plays been. happening. Yeah, a lot of off-ball screens. Yeah. Um, and I noticed mm-hmm. a lot this game, too, in this first quarter. I mean, a whole, whole game, but I, I saw the first first quarter. Everybody's running constantly. Yeah. There's always movement. Yeah. Um, and that's so great when we have five weapons on the floor, totally. especially our starting lineup, right? It's five especially weapons. Especially when we've had Fred playing the way he has been playing. Exactly. Um, and then when Gary's hitting shots, which he was this game, um, and uh, OG had a, had a better shooting night this night. Um, I got to say, though, one thing I'm not a huge fan of that I've seen of that I've been seeing in the last couple of games, and maybe this is just part of it, but the constant dribble handoffs. Yeah. Like, I feel like that They're it doesn't over- do a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I get it's supposed it's to move a, the ball. It switches the defense. It, that's what they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. But um, at the end of the day, when you do it every single time, they yeah, adjust, it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just, yeah. Um, but just, I love the, there's so much off-ball <clears throat> movement, which I loved. Mm-hmm. A lot of just constant passing. Cutting's been better. Yeah. Um, and then there's one play midway through the first quarter. 
where it's constant swing, 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 and it led to Pascal stepping into a three, and yeah. that, that was so beautiful because I noticed it right from the start all the movement. I was like, and then that led that to was that. Not like a dagger three, yeah, too. It was like yeah, boom, boom, yeah. like went right down. Yeah. Um, and then uh, once once the Bucks started noticing, like, oh, these guys are really moving, they switched to a two-three zone, and that kind of knocked mm, us on our ass right. a bit. Um, the Jazz did that to us too, did they not? Or no, we switched to a zone. I think they played a little bit of zone two. No, they they played a zone two at one yeah. point, and we, yeah. had, we had trouble breaking yeah. it. Yes, yeah. yeah, right, yes. Um, I think we, what I noticed from it is that we try to, we're so, I don't know how to say it, we're, we're trying to formally beat it. So we're like, okay, they're playing two, three, two, three yeah. zone, so let's get this ball to the middle, and then let, you know, it's, it's not flowing as much. Yes. And that's what zones do, though. The zones try to take away the flowiness mm-hmm. of your offense. And a zone um, is not necessarily, well, depends on who you're playing and what the game situation is, but in the NBA, a zone is is more meant to throw a wrench into the offense rather yeah. than be a sustained form of defense because yeah. once you actually get used to a zone, it's very easy to, and especially for NBA players, to split oh, the zone. Yeah, and, yeah, and totally. they, they all know how to do it, and the coaches too, especially. But if you just do it for like a minute, especially when we're flowing, it throws everything off. Yeah. Right? You can't do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, so something I noticed with OG this whole game, actually, um, he was real slow on defense. Mm. I found he was always late to the closeout. Um, he was slow in the passing lanes and even just his reaction time like um, he was guarding uh, Middleton quite a bit Middleton would catch the ball he would look first and then go run and then Middleton would just have an open three and a few times with Noor or two um, and guys are making threes because of yeah, it right. and that, like the Bucks had a crazy first quarter offensively and it was a lot of like the three point shooting they had how many in the first quarter um, uh, it was crazy they'd, they'd like, eight, it was eight. their role players too. yeah it was, they had eight first quarter threes um, wow and a lot of it was uh was their wings, Rodney Hood, Jordan Wara, um, these, and these were guys that OG was was guarding, and he was always a step slow. I noticed all night, but especially in the first quarter, and it was uh it was pretty frustrating to be honest. I've never seen OG like that where he was his defense was mm-hmm. not was not there. I think it's still just him kind of trying to get yeah, back, right? It's but it's, it's, we it, have it to remember to this is OG's what sixth. Fifth or sixth game Plenty. back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, and he's he's been out for a while too, so he's got to actually take down. Like I said, it wasn't just COVID; it was an injury. So, um, yeah. Then also uh, credit the Bucks; they're just making their shots. So, very offensive heavy and first big quarter. shot, like tough shots too. Eh? Like yeah. Drew Holiday had that one sidestep. Yeah, and yeah. And then Chris Middleton had at the end of, at the end of the quarter too. I think, um, yeah, a tough one. Um, yeah. No, so Bucks just making their shots, and uh, it was yeah. So we're down forty two thirty five after the first. Um, Forty-two right. points in a quarter. Yeah, I remember that. I was <laughs> eight like, Damn. threes, eight threes in the quarter is crazy. <clears throat> and we started the quarter really well, but we didn't really finish the end of the first quarter quite well. There was just, there was just no defense. But yeah. the offense looked fine. And the, the, the only, only reason, three. yes, sir. the only reason it wasn't like a blowout after that quarter was because we were on fire from three. Yeah, dude, I was yeah. just like, I was literally exactly what I was about to say, Sam. <laughs> I was like, the only reason why we were able to stay in that quarter was because we were hitting threes, and Gary was hit. I think yeah. he had like two. Threes maybe that quarter or something like that. OG had two, Fred yeah. had two, Pascal had one, and Chris had one. <clears throat> exactly right, and and yeah, Chris just had a corner three, right, or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, that was just yeah, th- those those were very important to keep us in the game. Like if we wouldn't have been hitting those shots, we would have been in a much different situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, in the second quarter, um, the uh, the defense gets a little tighter in the second half, but the uh. The first, the first, the first half. OG still real slow on defense, dude. And I, I, I noticed a lot with him specifically because he's usually our, our best yeah. corner defender, right? So that's kind of why I'm picking him a bit. But it was, it was really like slow and it's sloppy. Um, and uh, Champagny came into the game. 
uh, that quarter, okay. and he is earning his minutes. Man, he had a nice oh, offensive man. rebound. Uh, and, awesome. And then, two, two, uh, two corner threes, I think he hit. Uh, in the game, was that that? No, no, he had he had like four threes, I think, in the game. Uh, uh, you're it, thinking it, of it uh, the uh, last game. Yeah, he, he didn't have a three in this game. game. Um, really? In the? It was the. Uh, was that the Knicks game? Uh, Knicks or Spurs, whatever one it was. Yeah, oh, I think it was the Spurs. It was the Spurs, I think. Spurs game, um, yeah. Um, you know, Champagne had so much hustle out there. Um, he got an offensive rebound, there, I think, an assist to Fred um, from that from that offensive rebound. Um, he's just really earning his minutes, and I really love seeing him play because he has that he has that fire under him, right? That we don't see from mm-hmm. Svi as much. Mm-hmm. Things like you know, they, these guys look a little too comfortable. Um, Champagne knows he the minutes he's playing. That's true. Basically, set his life in the NBA. Like if he doesn't play well, then his NBA hopes diminish, right? That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, another thing, um, Sam mentioned this when he was talking about the Philly game last podcast, but or whenever, I think it was the last podcast talk about Philly, one before maybe. Two I know, or, yeah, yeah, one or two ago. Um, when we were playing against, um, or when we had playing against, we're, we're playing against Philly, but we're playing, not playing against Embiid, but like if we were playing against Embiid, oh. um, just how much we struggle to guard bigs. And then yeah. um, we were struggling with DeMarcus Cousins. I know, oh, man. man. And, uh, he was us. hitting threes on us too, bro. Yeah, and and just he, he was. I don't know, it was weird to. He was doing. It r- says something when Demarcus well. Cousins is torching us, and then literally a day later he gets like released. Yeah, released. Or, from... I feel bad, but um, no, and even down low he was botting us. It's like that. That it does scare me a lot. The whole big man thing, because when we play against Giannis in the playoffs or Embiid in the playoffs, yeah, even Vucevic is a great offensive mm-hmm. uh, player. Um. It definitely scares us because I don't like we. That'll kill us in the yeah. playoffs, right? The only guy we've mm-hmm. really got to be able to handle those guys are Cam and Precious, and, and then just... even even then they weren't doing that great. And then also guys like like uh, all these guys that can shoot, like Boogie can shoot, also Embiid can play on the perimeter, Vucevic can shoot, Precious and Cam are very good perimeter defenders, yeah. right? So they're they're big men who are interior, but they're smaller big men who are better interior defensively mm-hmm. than perimeter. So it's it's tough. Um, I mean, the goal is at least to get Precious to a point where he's going to be a good or at least decent perimeter yeah, defender. But yeah. at this point in our team, you know, development, development. we're not there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we uh, we go into the half down down nine, uh, seventy seven to sixty eight. Um, the much better second half. Um, OG right at the start. OG and Pascal both having nice spin moves, um, and. Uh, I want to talk about OG's offense because it's been so shaky. I found these past few games he's been starting to pick it up and it's, it's feel slow, himself a little slowly, more. It's slowly, I've noticed, yeah. yeah he's starting sure. to feel himself a little more. The defense still is, His, even last game wasn't amazing. But Okay, so one of my things with, with OG, uh, at least that I've seen, and I mean, I'll I, I give him the benefit of the doubt, he's 24. But um, see, with, with Pascal, one thing that we've been seeing, and we saw this with Pascal early in the season, not seeing it as much now, so it definitely gives me hope. But when... When, when Pascal is making a move to the basket, he's got this sort of... It already planned out in his head. Whereas I feel that OG uh, is hesitant. He's waiting. He's yeah. kind of... Uh, he's thinking too much, you know? And so then he gets down low and allows a defensive... Uh, a defender to gain a position on him and now he can't spin yeah, and then when you're also and thinking like that you miss <clears throat> passes too you miss right? passes exactly i think you mentioned that a podcast ago or something that og is like his old guy's open and he's not making the passes and and uh you know then he he settles for these 
you know, kind of fadeaway jump shots, which you know he he can make. Oh yeah. But but uh, there's better shots. There's there. better shot selection, man. There really is, especially if you can get to those spots earlier. And if you if you go in with a forceful spin move and and or a, or a, or a forceful crossover, I mean OG's handle needs to improve. I think too. Like we're still it's been improving gradually it, over every season though. Yeah. But um, but still, like even like if I would say that Scotty has a better handle than OG, right? And that's something that like, you know. I feel like we do need to see some more, some better handles from OG, especially when we want him to be able to maneuver to get to those spots, right? Create his own game. Mm -hmm. I think we need to see the moves happening faster with more aggressiveness, uh, more of um, uh, assertive decision making, yeah. you know, from OG. I, I for, yeah, for me, for OG, I'd like to see him. I think this probably also connects to the handle. Just, I want his first sort of priority to be. I mean, well, obviously he's got like he's an amazing catch and shoot. Yeah, he is a shooter, very good shooter. Yeah, but I would love to see him when he has the pick and rolls or the handoffs or the isos try to get downhill first. Yeah, and then I think that will because he really wants to get to that pull up. Yeah, or step back game. But I think the step back and the pull up open up, like those are really important skills to have. But they open up when you have the threat of driving. Um, very true. And I think right now <laughs> he's really okay. cut out he's really like almost using. Oh, you're super positive. The Oh yeah, okay. Go you pause. So you there said for a bit. I, I think his step back oh. game. Yeah, that's, that's when we stopped hearing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um I think he's like using that step back and that pull up almost a bit as like a crutch offensively. Yeah. And I think the defenders might be sitting on it. And I would love to see him. Like he's so quick, he's so athletic. Get downhill. Um he's shown the ability to make the reads. He's still gotta improve quite a bit in that area, but I I'm pretty confident that he can. Mm. Um I don't think he's gonna ever gonna be the passer that Pascal is at that position, but he's a guy who can make the basic yeah. pass, and he's already shown that in his career. But I think he needs to focus more on getting inside. Um, yeah. I like the post-ups for him. Um, sometimes they're a little bit of an adventure, but I mean, when he, but then we're saying all this, right? OG, like, I think we, we, we've set pretty high standards for him. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, because then he'll he had, score like 26 points, and you're like, yeah. damn. I said, I said, all Well, in, in the Bucks game, he had 22. Yeah, Bucks game, he had 22 points on six of 10 shooting. And then the Jazz game, he had uh, 22 points on 8 of 13. Yeah, we're, right. we're just getting so, nitpicky now. We're just getting nitpicky. The, the thing yeah. is, though, yeah. is I think the, one of the reasons why we're having these conversations about OG is because we know he can be that much better, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, I, yeah. think, I think OG is the type of guy, like, down the road who could totally give you 30, 30 points, you know, every every couple games. You sure, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. like, like the way Fred's been playing. I think the OG has absolutely has that potential, especially with his shooting ability mm -hmm. and uh, his power and strength and yeah. pure athleticism. Like, yeah. the, we, 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 I think the, the, the idea is like we're, we're watching him, we can see the mistakes, and he's still scoring 25 points a game, right? Like yeah, we, it says a lot. It, it, it yeah. does, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think he is scoring about 19 points per game, I think. Yeah, 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, which is great. And, uh, I mean, obviously he hasn't been back for that long, but... But uh, he still has been scoring those numbers yeah. as of recently. So yeah. continue, my sir. Um, yeah. So uh, one more crazy thing. Fred Van Vliet uh, blocked a, had a crazy yeah. block and oh, came off the backboard. Yeah. That was insane. Um, wait, who did he block again? Shit, it was... Uh, uh, Sandrew Mamashkalashvili. Right, Mamashkalashvili. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he pinned it against the backboard, dude. First time I've ever seen him do that. Um, that was oh, crazy, bro. And that was crazy. Maybe that started a defensive charge because uh, Jordan Nwora <laughs> had this nice dunk at 721, and after that, that was their last field goal of the quarter. Wow. That was the Bucks last field goal. Bucks in the second quarter. Yeah, they didn't score for seven oh, yeah, minutes. Didn't they go on like a 15-0 run or something like that? Or... We went um, on like a. It was a crazy like they, yeah like they didn't score. Yeah. They had they, had, they didn't have a field goal for the last seven minutes twenty one seconds of that quarter. Yeah, that's yeah. so crazy. That's um, so crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
one because our our offense our uh, our defense was good. Uh, our offense was still uh, our offense became worse this quarter. Uh, we had six turnovers just from bad lazy passes. Yeah, um, it was just kind of sloppy on offense. But obviously they scored eleven points, so we had scored we had twenty four that quarter. Um, less than you want, but wasn't bad. But the defense was huge, and that kind of that's kind of what won us the game to be honest. Because this the fourth quarter was uh, pretty back and forth. Dude, um, I thought we were gonna lose that game, man. By the end of that, I think what the only, one of the only reasons why we won that game was because we had created such a large point differential, and they did, just didn't have enough time to yeah. catch up. And and uh, we had so much energy in that fourth quarter too, yeah. which I loved it, man. Scotty's energy was crazy. Gary had a nice shot; he screamed. Um, yeah, just seeing things like that, especially I love seeing Gary scream. Yeah, he's really he's usually pretty. And man, man, precious that she was fourth quarter, like uh, plus eleven. Wow. And he had uh, that three, like, oh, yeah. three in the fourth quarter. Yeah, up, and then he had the on. nice uh, dunk off of Scotty's lob to him. Yeah, yeah. that oh, was crazy. That was, that, was lob. that was a sexy pass. That man. was crazy. Scotty yeah. Cottage doesn't turn around and scoop That was like there. one of the nail in the coffin moments when we when when that happened. Because I think that, did Scotty steal it or something? Or No, uh, some, I think, uh, someone else did, and then Scott, it passed up to yeah. Scotty. Yeah, because it was it a turnover. Stole it. Yeah. And yeah. uh, then Scotty threw it up, and Precious just absolutely—he flew, man. He was flying. Um, and uh, you might already have this down, Elias, um, but I don't know if it was before or after this law play. But there was a possession where uh, Pascal had it almost like a bit of a post up in the left short corner, and he uh, whipped it around the defender's back to Scotty. And then Scotty fed him a bounce pass, and he cut for the. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, give, that give and go down low. Yeah, that was that was beautiful. That was super nice. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna, I was going to talk about Scotty a bit because um, all game he only scored six points, which I've, I've said this before. I won't talk about it too much, but I definitely want to still want to. I want to be more aggressive on offense. I want to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, yeah. to be honest. But he's also being a huge decision maker on mm -hmm. offense and all the guys are trusting to be that decision maker and he's conducting bro he's conducting the offense yeah. you see him up there he holds the ball oh, yeah. and he's, and he's like yo he's like, move exactly, here do this exactly um which i think is amazing but i just i really wish he could be uh more <laughs> aggressive like offensively like sam you frozen right now nope okay your screen's frozen screen, yeah, hear you. Screen's frozen. Oh. Your screen's frozen. <laughs> um so yeah i got pretty tight near the end of the game here um Fred had a some wicked post defensive display on Drew Holiday. Um, Drew Holiday six four and Fred's six feet ish, um, and he he guarded the the man. He guarded Drew so well down low because Drew's a good post player for a for a point guard, and um, he made Drew turn it over out of the bound, out of bounds. So um, and Fred playing off the ball a lot with Scotty having the ball in his hands lets Fred play off the ball a lot. Which I think he's—that's what he's because he's a great yeah, catch and shooter, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. He's thriving as a catch and shooter. Um, and honestly, like if they're gonna focus more attention on Fred, it opens more opportunities up for Scotty because he's such a great um, creator on offense that he's <laughs> able to create plays for not only himself but other players, especially guys like Precious. Um, you know, being able to make those critical passes, being able to get the ball to Gary, um, you know, being able to get the ball to some really important guys, yeah. like whether it's Pascal or, or somebody else. Because one of the reasons actually why I think we won that Bucks game was because when they were guarding Fred, because they, they, they knew they had it out for Fred that game. Yeah. And when they were guarding Fred, Pascal was scoring. Pascal's got 33 points that game, Man. right? Yeah. And, and that was, I would say, to be honest, if I... I wouldn't have necessarily known Pascal scored 33 points at the end of that watching that game. No, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it didn't quiet. really seem like it was a quiet, it was like, I mean, that's tough to say because it's 33 points, but 
damn, maybe I should give Sam a quick call back here. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say, um, just before I'll call Sam back and then we'll create a little pause here, transition to the next whatever, um, that that is one of the biggest offensive assets we have as a team is that uh, when we do have somebody going off, we have the ability to give the ball to other guys and they'll be able to create. Yeah. Um, Sam, I'm just going to give you a call back. All right. Um, okay, yeah, so uh, just uh, some final thoughts from this game. Um, it was just a huge tale of two halves this game. Yeah. But uh, our offense has the potential <laughs> to be, like, lethal, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. With yeah. Fred playing how he is, and if Gary can take that just catch shooter role. consistency role. level just up a bit Oh, it, it'll, I think it'll get there. It, it will, it will. Because we haven't had this group together for very long. But I'm talking about this starting five. If this is starting five of the year, if we don't start Cam or whatever, which actually I don't mind if because we're bringing Cam in five minutes in, right? Yeah, we're doing that, we're doing that weird Scotty switch, and yeah. that's the whole Nick Nurse thing. I think me, maybe you were gonna talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really cre- I, 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 I'm not, I'm not against it. It is very um, creative. I, I will have to give him that. Yeah, um, but uh, you know our offense with these five guys on the floor, and even when Cam comes in, can be absolutely lethal because Fred is playing how he's playing, and then if uh, Gary can take on just that shooter role where he's our shooter. Um, OG and Pascal being able to score when at, at yeah. they're not at will, they're not there yet. But being able to score how well they can score, and then uh, Scotty just being a, a decision maker because he's so smart, right? He's still so young. So once that develops, yeah. it can be something. I think our offense could be really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, we saw. And, I think the uh, best. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Well, I was just gonna add one more thing, like just more so to just this game. But I love that we can have a dynamic where. The, first, uh, the last few games leading up to this Bucks game, Fred Van Vliet was the main guy, the main option. Um, but, like, in this one, Fred had a good game, but Pascal really had it going. The Bucks mm-hmm. had no answer mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, whether it was the mid-range, whether it was down low, yeah. the playmaking. On the three? And I love that we can just go, yeah, yeah, two threes. <clears throat> and I love that we can just go, all right, Pascal, you're the number one option tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Fred, you can play off of him. Then when Fred has a going, Pascal can play off of him. Yeah. And I think there's such a good dynamic. Like I think the the no starting egos. five on offense, and like the starting like their skill sets, right? They're like, very you think different. Think guy like Pascal, Scotty, OG, maybe they don't fit well because they're all the same size, but they all just have such good feel for the yeah. game that they can flow within each other, right? They know how to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just it's such a good dynamic right now. Like the offense, mm. like the fact that the Bucks scored what uh 77 points in the first half and 37 and then we had in the second and wow. then and then what did, but then like we we didn't die from that first half or our defense was awful our because our offense was amazing yeah and then when our offense struggled a bit in the fourth quarter or in the last two quarters our defense picked up yeah uh so i think that's just such a good sign for a team like you obviously want consistency on both ends but to have two kind of different identities like that is really important yeah yeah definitely and we have such a variety uh, when it term when it comes to skill set, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. we just have a very diverse uh, team. And I think that's one of the things actually that 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 you know that the Raptors have gone for in years past. And one of the things that is a fundamental sort of way to build this team is variety of of players, right? Because although you might have guys who have similar looks to them, they play differently, mm-hmm. right? And um, like I would say OG, much more of a shooter than Pascal, mm-hmm. right? And so you, yeah. you they do offer something different. Whereas I feel like a lot of teams, right? Their, their twos and three guards tend to be both quite similar. Their ones tend to be all quite similar, right? They, they, it's, 
it, they have similar carbon copy people yeah. of who they want in these positions. Where I think, whereas the Raptors, we are we just design our team. We just, just we just put five guys together that can that can gel together. That yeah, can, that have that can all play together properly. You know yeah, what I mean? totally. Um, but there's no butting heads or no yes. butting roles and things like that. And that's one of the whole ideas. The the whole butting roles is that everybody does offer something. Qu- a little bit different even if they all have a similar yeah. sort of like look. If, one, if one's not scoring they can still provide other things totally right? totally yeah yeah um okay yeah and then uh i was gonna talk about the bench a bit but we can talk about that later because um sam's got something yeah. for us there yeah that'll, that'll work well in mine yeah. i think yeah um yeah so some some final stats in this game pascal 33 points six assists five rebounds three steals gary 22 <sighs> points five rebounds og 22.6 rebounds and fred uh Breaking that thirty-point streak, nineteen points, five assists, two rebound or two steals, and a uh, sexy backboard block. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. Yeah. Um, awesome. Jazz game. So we'll go on the jazz sure, game. Do you want? I can. Do you want me to lead it, or do you want to lead it, Luke? I. Just... Um, I mean, you'll probably have a better recollection of it than me. It seems like I'm kind sure. of all over the place here, but uh, <laughs> we'll kind of we'll we'll uh. We'll sure. Co- we'll we'll, we'll, we'll bounce off each other. Yeah. 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 Um. All right, so the Raptors played the Jazz on Friday night. Uh, the Jazz were basically um, missing everyone for this one. This was their inactive list. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, and Donovan Mitchell, and Jordan Clarkson didn't play either. A.K.A. their um, seven best players. <laughs> yeah, literally the Utah team. Jazz. This was actually probably the worst collection of players I've ever seen on the NBA floor. Um, like I'm not lying. This was worse than the Raptors team against Cleveland, I think. Did you see those Lakers starting um, lineups back in like 2013? It was like yeah. Wayne Ellington, Jeremy Lin, Tariq Black, Robert Sacre. Jeremy Lin right now might have been the best player on the court for this Utah team. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> no, well, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Hughes. Oh, Elijah Hughes. Elijah Hughes, dude. He was. Oh, he was doing whatever he, he wanted out there, man. Seven for twelve from three. Eight rebounds too. Oh my! And four assists and two steals. And but let's let's be real here too. Is that one of the things I think that we can say about this Jazz game is that that was a very freak showing, not consistent. Yes. Oh if, if you put oh, those yeah. guys out there for a consistent amount of time in the league, that's not going to happen every game. That was. No. I would say that. I mean, I don't like saying things are flukes because these guys are that talented, but let's be real. That is a. There's a that, reason why these guys aren't NBA players. Exactly. Yeah. That game. I can say there was a lot of flukes during that game. Was our defense bad? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was fucking garbage. But with garbage defense, it opens up areas for and opportunities for young guys like these to come out and play. And and that, that's uh, when you got to give credit to Quinn Snyder too, because he it's it's I think uh, Matt Devin might have said this also, but um, it's it's it shows that Utah has this way they play that works so well. And then you can just put new players in, yeah. and they still, they still play the exact same way. And that's also how they're built, because like their three centers are all the exact same build: Rudy Gobert, Hassan Whiteside, and yeah. Udoka Azabuki. They're all uh, they're all rim protectors. They're all like uh, defensive anchor types mm-hmm. who can just dunk. That's how they score. They dunk right. Um, so they they did the way they're built, and they and then it's from that. There's no like traditional power forward. It's just a bunch of wings. Yes. with a few guards, right? Right. So they have that. They have yeah. that. They have that build all the way through their their roster, so they can still play the exact same way no matter who's on the floor. As long as they have one of those centers in, um, so that's kind of what they were doing, and I got to give props to Quinn Snyder for. Yeah, honestly, for I, if I was him, game. I wouldn't have been disappointed with the way that game went. God, oh, absolutely not. You know, uh, there were. It was for them that was a very winnable game. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, the fact that like, 
I'm sure Quinn Statter knew that he wasn't going to in the back of his mind, he's like, we're probably not going to win this game, right? Yeah. So the fact that they scored 62 point, 40 points in the first quarter, even more is more crazy, um, and held us to 25, yeah. that's that's a huge that's huge for them, those young guys. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't think there's anything really to Like, the first half, there was just no energy. I don't think there's really anything <laughs> yeah. to say. There was, like, just amazing, uh, like, shooting Dude, variants for they the They were shooting. And Eric Pascal and Elijah up. Hughes. Shout yeah. out to y'all. They were... They were ten for twenty-two from three in the first half. We were five for twenty-six. Yeah, we could not. Uh, shoot. And two of those threes came from Pascal Siakam, a guy who isn't yeah. really going to hit threes that much. Yeah. And Gary was um, struggling. And uh, Malik Fitz yeah. had a half-court shot too. Yeah, that <laughs> was yeah. for oh, the cherry. I was so fucking pissed. I was, I was like, I was, I mean, three. I was like, mm-hmm. me too. And I was like, at the end, I was like, I was like, oh man, there's no way that counts. And then I'm, I, and then they like replayed it. And I'm like, you know what, man? Like, Honestly, fitting. Yeah. fitting like i'm not yeah, really leak fit thing yeah yeah like i, I can't <laughs> i can't say i'm extremely surprised that 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 happened to us i'm like and i, and I was at, i texted you guys too i'm like this is probably the worst like at least in the in terms of halves mm-hmm. that's probably the worst half i've oh. ever oh, yeah. seen I us think play so. <laughs> i think that's the yeah, worst so half of, of raptors basketball i've ever there's, seen us play like sam said, there's nothing we can really talk about the first half is well, nothing good came no. out of it you know and the fact that we still won this game was By 14 too yeah was quite surprising to me to be honest because if it was if we had a second half that was even similar to the first half we would have got destroyed but there's no. a reason and, we won uh, yeah the reason we won was uh number 23 on the yeah. raptors Fred michael Van jordan Lee. President Lee. <laughs> <laughs> went on a personal 17-0 run at one point with like i think three steals he had 24 points on eight of eight shooting uh in the fourth quarter capped yeah. off by like a logo three he was um, pissed, dude. Fred was pissed. Man, I he just it was like a Kyle Lowry type thing, right? Where he just yep. went, "All right, we're not losing." It reminded me of uh, the Lowry performance against the uh, Dallas Mavericks when we came back from like thirty points. Oh yeah, um, that, yeah. That's what I saw, right? He was getting to the rim, mid range, three pointers, defense. Yeah. Like, I he was like possessed. It was crazy. I've never seen. That was one of the best stretches I've ever seen from an NBA player. Yeah. Like personally watching. Yeah. It was crazy. Totally. Yeah. It was, it, it really solidified in my mind that Fred is that guy. Yeah. Fred is, is absolutely yeah. that guy. And, and uh, I think that we've had a lot of conversations about Fred on this podcast about whether or not what kind of role he does fill. We know he can do it himself, but can he do it for the team? And can he be that guy that everybody counts on? And I think on court, it's very, he has a very different demeanor than Kyle very different demeanor he's mm-hmm. just he just doesn't he, Kyle's so uh elaborate uh, yes yes yeah. yes he's Kyle's very uh, animated yeah yeah where, where Fred's just steady steady yeah, yeah. and and uh, but uh you know Fred Fred is he talks to the refs and and he uh when he wants to take the game into his own hands he absolutely does mm-hmm. and I think that uh you know it'd be interesting to to actually see them in practice and see what kind of leadership fred has because you can see it on court in the way that they play but you don't know what their conversations are like goes on behind the scenes we don't know exactly and i would love to know you know how that team dynamic works and get a chance to see how fred motivates these guys i mean you hear it a lot from matt and uh and jack and you hear it a lot from uh you know them saying about nick and you hear you hear from nick too like in the in post game interviews and stuff and you hear from other teammates in in their interviews as well and um 
you know, like you can't deny that that Fred is is that uh, motivating force and factor. We just don't necessarily get to see that as fans. We just hear about it. Mm -hmm. So when we watch the games and we see Fred do something like this, it really, I think, in my mind, reminds me that like Fred wants to see us win. Like he oh, yeah. well, he he really has That's faith in this team. It. You know, he he mm -hmm. likes the team. He. He uh he he knows that there's a talented group of guys and if he wants to win this game and take it into his own hands sometimes that's what he's got to do. Yeah. Um. So this yeah. is. Um. Sorry. I think another thing like, um, Fred like he played all 12 minutes that quarter and you could tell he was just exhausted. Yeah. And See, then to Chris come out the and I was a little bit. Oh man, I'll, I'll get to Chris. I've <laughs> okay, got yeah. some praise for Chris <laughs> later good, on good. here. <laughs> um, in that fourth quarter though, it was Pascal and Gary that really. Uh, Fred was on the bench like you, you couldn't have expected him to come back out there and kept going crazy yeah. right because he's obviously exhausted and Pascal and Gary Trent has uh, good defense uh, just Pascal got down low for some looks Gary hit uh, two catch and shoot threes just a lot of he like, did that really he... I think saved and saved it and the defense looked awesome for that stretch as well this yeah. just shows our dynamic because in the third quarter it was Fred and OG had a really good quarter too uh, yeah. in the third quarter and then fourth quarter is Pascal and Gary right so this, mm -hmm. we have all these guys who can who can take over, right? Mm. Um, I think that's something that's really the, a lot of teams don't have this many we potential weapons yes. on their team, right? Yes. And I think it puts the defense in scrambles too, because it's like, okay, we'll double Fred, and it's like, okay, well now OG's open. Exactly. Okay, we'll put more on OG. Okay, well now Gary's open. And now Pascal's and now getting Pascal. to the rim every single time. Yeah, and, exactly. And, uh, and then you got guys like Scotty who can see yes. cuts left and right, right? Exactly. And if um, he wants it, he can take it himself. Exactly. Like, I think one thing we've we've seen even from Scotty from that game too is just like constant running the floor, mm -hmm. constant man. Like if he sees that the defense isn't set. He'll go. Yep. He'll go, and he'll score, or he'll get fouled. Yeah. And uh, the, and oh, another thing I also want to say is I think Pascal finished that game with only like two fouls or three fouls. Our we really haven't been getting into a whole three lot of fouls. foul trouble, right? And over the mm -hmm. past couple games, and um, you know I think that's a problem for a lot of teams. Eric Pascal got into foul trouble early in this game is one of the reasons why they couldn't. Uh, you know, sustained playing him a super long time because mm -hmm. uh, I think it was in the second quarter he got up to three fouls yeah. and and that's yeah. what that's what happens when you when you have a depleted team right and and that's I think a, a problem that a lot of teams have is you know since they don't have enough weapons on the team or they might not have the uh, as diverse uh, weapons as we do they depend on these guys and so when they end up fouling um, you know whether it's you know three fouls you know early in the game even sometimes four uh, or late down the stretch when they've got five you know. Or four or five fouls, like you, you, they play differently. You can't be as aggressive. Whereas we have such a you know diverse team where we can spread those fouls out, right? Like those, yeah. you know, you you might not see one guy get. I mean, here and there, here a game here and there, you might see one guy get like four or five fouls. But uh, generally, what we see, I think we've been seeing with the Raptors is you get uh, two fouls, three fouls, one foul, one foul, two fouls. You know, like across the whole board, yeah. Which we're kind of spreading that out, yeah. Um, and you know, sort of distributing. Uh, those aggressive plays which allows freedom for a lot of other players right mm -hmm. and since we can put the ball in anybody's hands and be confident that they've you know that they're that they can score uh and do something um productive out on the court uh you know we we have the, the that chance and opportunity to let guys you know uh play more aggressive and uh play more mm -hmm. uh to their strengths mm -hmm. and uh I'll, I'll give his praise now chris boucher man so it's been like two weeks and he was the only guy I thought in the first half that was like he really went in and tried to get the energy going and then in that second half man like his stat line is whatever 13 points five rebounds two steals he, every single 
offensive rebound chance he was like full-on running yeah. after it mm-hmm. and then he was stopping the jazz didn't have the offensive skill to run good half court offense and i think in that second half and especially in the beginning of that fourth quarter chris boucher was pressuring the guy who got the de- defensive rebound every single time mm-hmm. and the jazz actually had to set up wasted time off the clock and then uh basically a, the jazz's c team against a set raptors defense that is like a great situation for the Raptors to be in. And I thought Chris Boucher, man, like there was that picture of him, like totally just exhausted yeah. on the bench yeah. after his stretch in the fourth quarter. And like, we've asked him right to like buy in um, to his role. And he has done exactly what you could have wanted from him and more. Like, yeah, he is. Be- he's been our best bench player for like a good two weeks now, I think. Yeah. It's just it's awesome. True. And uh, I mean, I do miss Utah, but uh, yeah, but with Chris, um, you know, I hate to say this. I do. I hate to say this, and I kind of don't mind saying it, but it makes me hesitant on trading him because he's just been with mm-hmm. the team for so long. And to incorporate somebody brand new, like I get, if we're gonna trade someone, they've got to be younger, right? We're gonna make it a package deal or some or something so that we get a younger person. But I, I don't know. Like it, de- it really depends on like what we're trying to do here with this playoff run. Like can we we can trade Chris in the off season, right? Like yeah. do we need to trade him? Well, right he's now? he's a free agent. Well, oh. yeah, he's a free agent. That's the one thing, right? Yeah, so do you trade him while he's got time left on his contract? Because yeah. um, I don't know if we're going to retain him uh, in the offseason. I don't know what his contract will look like. I doubt it. I, yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, we'll see what yeah that's, that's a weird one. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, Dang, I mean, I I'm, even, I'm with right. you, though, Luke. I was doing, when I was getting my question set up for today, I was having trouble <laughs> including Chris in some of my mock trades. Like, yeah. he's just, he's been awesome. Like, I, and I have, tell me if I'm crazy for saying this, but... Um, we're not gonna re- we don't have to rehash this debate, but we were talking about Gary going to the bench uh, a couple podcasts ago, and we kind of said it like as if like Kem w- would start in place of him. What about Gary mm, going to the bench for Chris? Because I, I think know, he plays really well with the I mean, starting lineup. I mean, I think we've seen a a lot of um, different lineups from Nick, and if I were to see that starting lineup, I can't tell you that I would be disappointed. The reason, or... the reason I don't like it is because uh, he brings so much energy, right? And I think that's something mm-hmm. you want off the bench. So and I think... Yeah. And I think He's very used to coming off the bench, As good too. as Chris has been, he gets a big head, right? And I'm, I'm kind of yeah. worried that getting promoted to the starting lineup... He'll be like, oh, now I'm one of now I'm one of these yeah, these guys, right. right? Whereas like that's not what you're here yeah, for. Yeah, I just I, I think I think I like him coming off the bench and bringing that spark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, re- I like him off the bench because I think with Cam, the reason I want to start, I mean, I'm I, I like what we're doing now. So if we don't start Cam, cool. Yeah. But if we were someone else, I'd want to start Cam because um, he just kind of he kind of fits the mold with that starting lineup, right? He he fits mm-hmm. that fifth that fifth mm-hmm. option type. Um, and he doesn't necessarily. He's our closest he's, guy we have to a traditional center. Yeah, exactly. So I with with Chris. I'd rather if we're gonna if it's between those two, I'd rather keep Gary starting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yeah, the, I, th- I think I think I would in the end as well. But it is I, I like day, I, I do like the chemistry he has with yeah, some of the, yeah, the sure. main guys. For sure. Well, and and you know, like if I saw him in a starting lineup, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, you know what I mean? They put Chris. I, in the I starting would be surprised lineup. if they put Gary at the bench for Chris. That'd be interesting. It'd be, it'd be, yeah, it'd well, be just to try. You know what I'm saying? Like we were so used to seeing Nick Nurse do tons of different lines lineups and tons of different things and i think that the guys are used to that too mm-hmm. right if nick says something and he wants it done that way he obviously is trying it for a reason you know what i mean i think the guys can trust nick and know that you know if nick wants to try a, a weird lineup or something like that the guys aren't going to be like for example i think that we've seen lineups that that nick has made 
so far this year that we've never seen ever mm-hmm. ever since then. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think the guys, I mean, maybe it would go to Chris's head, but I don't think necessarily the guys would think that every lineup that they have is permanent. Yeah. You know? Rush, so yeah. even to just try starting Chris to see what happens, I think Nick would be open to that idea, you know? And uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it does happen, who knows how many games it would happen for, right? It could mm-hmm. it could just be a something to direct to try. Yeah. But I do I do yeah. agree with what you said though. I like him I do like him off the bench for that energy reason. Yeah. yeah. Um Okay. Yeah. Uh, right, that's that's all I've got from that one, man. Yeah. Shout also, out to Van Vliet, first career triple double. I don't know if we said yeah. this. Fred stat line in the third quarter, just I just want to say it. Twenty four points, three assists, two steals, a block, eight for eight from the field, three for three from three, five for five wow. from the free throw line, plus fifteen. Crazy. Unbelievable, Crazy. and he and yeah, like Sam, you just said, but we should give it a, give it its own little thing. First career triple double for Fred Van Vliet. So, mm-hmm. with the as two final ones were both lobster precious too. Yeah. yeah, I was. That that's a risky guy to pass to in the paint. Man. I know. Yeah. I was the whole well, time. His, his, I, was, uh, I was like, watch Fred knock get his triple double because. Precious yeah. the layup. <laughs> well, and the last, the 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 assist that gave him the triple double was a lob to yeah. Precious, and he yeah, fucking just yeah. slammed. I was like, "There's no way that was the assist that got him this triple double." Like that's such a <laughs> that's so perfect. Oh, it's so perfect. It's fitting. It's so it's so you couldn't have. I, couldn't I have wanted to be to Pascal. Yeah. I wanted Pascal to finish it. You know, honestly, I wasn't even like concerned for a while with who no. did it. I was just like, as long as it's like dope. You know yeah. what I mean? As long as it's good, like. As long as it's like a sick play, I, I want him to keep him in so he can get forty points. Also, yeah, that would have been, yeah, been awesome. Um, I think all he was just like exhausted by yeah. the end. What is that? Oh, he was too tired. Yeah. yeah, I think he was just he was just dead. Yeah, yeah, I think he appreciated the little rest there at the end. Um, all right, want to get into these questions? Sure. Uh, Let's do I it. I want to save yours for last, Sam, because I think that's a nice one to all talk right. about for a bit. Um, I can go sure. first. Um, uh, my question all to right. you guys is, uh, what do you guys? What to you guys? has been the key to the Raptors' recent success? That is a loaded uh, question. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, like, if I mean, you had to pinpoint one big thing that's that you've seen different. I I think uh, offense... I mean, well, the obvious one is that everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but my other one would be, I think the offense is just really clicking, mm-hmm. and I think it's because there is a bit of a... It's not perfect yet, but they're almost is like an established hierarchy in the offense. Like I think Fred has kind of shown that more often than not, he's the guy and then it's Pascal and then OG Scotty and Gary fill in behind that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really uh, translated to, I mean, the offense has actually looked good for a long, like basically since Pascal came back from injury, Mm -hmm. but like it's really clicking now. Like guys just know where to be. Uh, you have three like elite shooters in that lineup, uh, and then playmaking like it's just that starting lineup's offense is it's like how do you guard a lot of that stuff? Yeah, exactly. I think one of the biggest things for me has been um, overall uh, intensity. Mm. You know what I think? I think we've we're we are we're finishing games. You know what I mean? We we may not have the best start to games, but we're really finishing them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. I think a lot of guys are tired, you know, and a lot of guys have had just, we've had a rough season. I mean, uh, Fred said that um, if there was one thing that was going to be consistent this season is that things are not going to be consistent, right? And especially Mm -hmm. with with the capacity limits at the Scotiabank Arena and them removing all the fans, you know, out of nowhere and 
and you know all the other teams have got their fans and toronto's got one of the best if not the best the best fan base in the nba and uh you know it's it's tough it's tough right and i think that we've been able to see a lot of resilience from the guys um i think just i think one of the honestly if i have to say i don't even think it's anything performance specific i think it's just attitude Mm. i think i think our attitude has really contributed to us winning these games because um, when we are able to motivate ourselves and understand that we are a good team, we do have the potential to make it there. And, uh, you know, the only thing that's really in our way is ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're our biggest, our biggest roadblock. And once we can get over, uh, that, uh, we, we can become a, a very strong team. And, and that's one thing I think I've seen is just the attitude and the intensity for me, I think is brought to a whole new level, especially since OG has been back and, I think the guys seem really excited and then everybody seems like really pumped up, especially Scotty too. Yeah. Um, just to talk about our offense again for a second, the Raptors are currently ninth in offensive rating in the league right now. And that is ahead of the golden state warriors, the 76ers, the Brooklyn nets, the Cavs, uh, et cetera. And we're only 0.2 behind the Phoenix suns. Wow. So wow. our offense has been and that's based insanely on... good. That's, that's how many points you score per game. Oh damn! Yeah. Oh, per, shit. per hundred possessions, per hundred yeah, possessions. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no. So our offense is uh, clicking on all cylinders right now. Damn, That's and that goes to show that, that it couldn't have been that bad before. No, I mean the first few games without Pascal and stuff like that, it was it was pretty rough. But I mean, like ever like like Sam said, ever since Pascal came back from injury, um, especially just recently with everybody, it's looking very mm-hmm. good. Yeah, and they haven't even gelled yet. Like yeah, they don't have they the, really they don't have proper it. chemistry. Okay, yet, how so. long how long do you guys think it takes to to really get a a good gel? I think it's relative, but it's I think, well, uh, say let's, for this Raptors yeah, sure, team. Sure. For this well, Raptors I team. think because a lot of them have already like OG, Fred, and Pascal have been together for forever. So I think they are probably relatively gelled already. Um, but they have to work in new guys exactly. too, right? So I think, and then I think Gary's role is pretty minimal. Um, when it comes like he's just a you, you give him he'll he'll shoot right. Yeah, and right. So, like right. he's not he hasn't he hasn't asked for too much. And then Scotty's just a distributor, uh, more or less, in the offense right now. So, so crazy how we have a rookie that's just like, I know, he's like such a critical part yeah. of our team. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I don't, I don't think it'll take too long. I think like, they're probably pretty close there, to be honest. But I'd say like another week or so. But uh, yeah. In terms yeah. of games, in terms of games, how many games do you think it really takes? Yeah, I'll, for I'll, us I'll to... say I'll say like eight more games. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like something around there. Okay. I think we're like we look really good right now, but I think it'll just. I mean, yeah, I'd say maybe. You know, eight to ten more games yeah. i think you'll see this team really meshing yeah you know and and it's a very interesting answer too because i gotta say judging on the first half of both the jazz and the milwaukee game i would have thought we would lose yeah, you know what i mean yeah, and it's crazy that we came back and won both those games i think our finishing to these games have been great starting needs to be a little bit better mm-hmm. i think we need to pick it up on defense like quite a bit um but yeah, I think you guys are right. Like, I, I think, you know, give it give it that, you know, eight to ten game stretch with this really healthy crew. Um, crowd or not, I think that we've got the potential to r- really see a totally different team, you know, by the end. I remember one thing I just can't get out of my head, and I really hope we can see this uh, again this season. But I remember at the beginning of the season, when everyone was kind of healthy, we would just see so many possessions where I've never seen this I've never like in, in, in the time that I've been watching basketball I've, I've, I don't think I've ever really seen it quite like this but other teams would come down and we would just constantly steal the ball 
mm-hmm. steal the ball, turnover, constantly. It's just like you watch and it just everything forces yeah. this. It's a weird wave of 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 forcefulness on defense that we have to just get this. And we know we have the defensive potential. I think our, the, we 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 can talk about this right now. I mean, what we've almost at twenty episodes. The first couple episodes, we were like, man, we're going to have no half-court offense yeah. this season. Like, <laughs> this season is strictly defensive. And now yeah. we're sitting here like, our defense is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> backwards. <laughs> like, our offense is what's carrying us yeah. through these games. And like you said, yeah. we're rated, what, ninth or ninth something? Right in now. the entire league? Yeah. That's so ridiculous. Really close to that's, Phoenix. that's so crazy to me, man. Yeah. It's so flipped from what I thought it would have <laughs> been. Thought, you thought um, bottom five, isn't that what you thought? Yeah. That's what you thought, I right? Thought five I, yeah, I thought bottom five. I thought top five, <laughs> I thought top five defense, yeah. bottom five offense. Yeah. Which I mean, I thought uh, the same thing. What is I, thought, I thought bottom rating? five, yeah. bottom ten. We're in the middle of the league uh, right 19, now. Nineteen, I think we're nineteen oh, 19th right now. now. Oh yeah, we're nineteenth now. Yeah. Um, but that's fluctuating quite a bit. Same with the offense too. Like, yeah. we'll, we could be that we is could like drop a few spots or raise a few spots tomorrow. Mm. Um, actually, probably raise because we're playing New Orleans and their defense is not good. Um, okay, uh, Luke, want to get into your question? Uh, yes. So, the question that I had for you guys was. How how do you guys feel about the way that these last couple wins have been achieved? I w- I wanted to just get an idea of of your overall feeling for how well these games represent uh, us going in the future because I think there's a out of these t- last two games I think there out of any other games that we've had in the season there is a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives, mm-hmm. even though we won. And I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how well you think these two games sort of are going to, sh- you know... The uh, trend. Tre- yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, trend yeah. in for the future. Um, so you want to go first? I mean, you go first. Uh, I'll go ahead, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess I will be a little bit hesitant just because we played some really bad competition these mm. last, like, on this win streak. The best team we played was the Bucks without Giannis. And then... Just the Knicks without Randall and some other rotation pieces, the Spurs without DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker, uh, the Jazz without anyone. Yeah. Um, just a lot of games, right, where... But, I mean, not to take away, though, I think our processes in these games, like, you, ha- you have to win these games, right? Good teams win the games they're supposed to win, and that's what the Raptors are doing. We've seen them play down to their competition, and for the most part, we haven't done that. Um... I think the offense, I'm the most confident I've ever been about it. Mm. But yeah, the defense, I still have real questions about the scheme and just like there's so many open threes again, right? Against yeah. Milwaukee and mm-hmm. Utah. And uh, I just think this team still struggles to defend the three point line. I don't like how we're still flying out on shooters and just letting them set up again yeah. and take an open three. Um, but I do think, like, I, future-wise, I couldn't be more... Like, every piece of... If you're, like, the young core, however you want to call it, have looked, like, I've shown stuff to be super happy about them in the future. Um, so, in, th- in that case, I think it's it's been a really awesome five-game stretch. Mm. Um, yeah, my thoughts... Same as Sam. I, I mean, still, we, play, we haven't played amazing competition, but like he said, we, 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 we win games supposed to win. And in the past, we lost to Detroit. We lost to uh, OKC, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it also just shows, like, I think the weaker first half, we've had a lot of weak first halves recently, like you mentioned. I think that shows the, uh, that we're still gelling, right? That shows that we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think I think the fact that we're doing this right now, I guess you're really excited because I'm thinking we're doing this now. 
what happens 10 games from now when we are fully gelled, assuming mm-hmm. no one gets hurt uh, or COVID. Um, I think I think the more we gel, the, the better we get, obviously. And I just think that what we have, plus with Nick Nurse's coaching, I think we can do something really special, kind of like a Utah-type thing, right? Where Utah does, I mean, they have they have Gobert and Mitchell, who are their two best players. And um, you can call it, like, you can call them superstars, sure. Um, but they don't, they're not, they're not like the LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonard, mm. you know what I mean? Um, they just have a really solid t- foundation where a lot of guys do what they're supposed to do on the team. No egos, no butting heads. I think that's the t- same type of thing we can have with this team. Because um, Fred can be that Donovan Mitchell, right? That kind of thing. Um, and I just think that, uh, yeah, this, the more we gel, the more the more guys will learn their roles and everybody will just know what's going on. And I think uh, we'll be better down the stretch. But yeah, right now I think um, what we're doing for what – the amount we gelled so far is really, really crazy because, um, yeah, we just we have we barely played together. We're doing five game winning streaks. So, well, and another thing too that I was thinking about, I'm like, when the Jazz hit all those threes against us, I'm like, okay, that's not gonna be that's a fluke for this Jazz team. Mm-hmm. But there are teams out there like the Golden State Warriors who will hit that amount, same amount of threes against us, right? And it's our job to be able to shut it down. I think one of the one of the uh, and be able to come back from that right yeah. and there were a lot of guys that game who were played well all game mm-hmm. right on the jazz like they, they just did and um i think that if we can if we can stop you know I, like i i struggle to say that that jazz game was um just because of just how many threes they hit mm. you know what i mean there although that team couldn't do that on a consistent basis there are teams in the nba who can mm-hmm. right and utah, if, utah like fully healthy can still do that exactly and so you know we uh it is important that we can win those games when they are when teams are hitting those shots mm-hmm. right like the nets can hit those shots mm-hmm. uh the bucks can hit those mm-hmm. shots i mean the suns the suns can hit those shots the uh the warriors can hit i almost said the lakers i'm like no, 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 no. miami just kidding mm-hmm. um but yeah no that's a good point um okay sam all right want to get to mine yeah all right my question um is yeah a different one i think we've seen right over the last i guess all season the problem still uh especially if the raptors want to make some sort of playoff competitive run or series uh the bench is the main issue mm-hmm. uh you're not we're not really getting a ton from the bench we're getting some energy but there's still real questions there so i came up with i've got four trades here that are relatively minor some of them deal with maybe a bit more of a future outlook some of them could help uh, right now and they're not involving any of the core guys but just a a few small trades to see what you guys think Mm -hmm. Um, all right first one is uh, the Raptors receive Justin Holiday Jeremy Lamb and Torrey Craig from the Pacers and Indiana receives Malachi Flynn Goran Dragic Svi and then I threw in a second round pick so basically the deal here is Lamb and Dragic are both an expiring uh, it's basically Indiana gets a young guard in Malachi and the Raptors get Justin Holiday and Torrey Craig who are both on two-year deals uh, as two bench pieces. That's quite the uh, that's quite the bench swap. Yeah, these are all made on the trade machine so yeah. the salaries have to match. Um, um, but I, I, I was... Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, I'd rather have Holiday, Lamb, and Craig than Svee, Drogic, and Flynn to be honest with you especially if we're trying to make a playoff run. Um, I think it makes sense for both sides where realistically Flynn's not going to be in our future. Um, 
Dragic is not is not in our <laughs> sorry sorry man that's the life. Um, Dragic's not in our present and. Uh, <laughs> And this guy's not even close to the present. <laughs> he's, 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 in in he's in Miami. <laughs> um, and, How funny uh, is that? He literally is a video of him working out in a, in the Miami gym. I think, um, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think it makes sense. I don't know if I mean you know you don't usually see big bench swaps like that. You see like one for ones or something like that. Yeah. Um. So that's, I I don't know if that'll be something that would happen, but I uh I mean yeah like I, I definitely Justin Holiday is a great shooter. Craig's a Craig's an enforcer. Uh, brings energy, and then Lamb can bear ninth man for the playoff run. Then we'll drop him. Um, yeah, my yeah, my thing was Lamb is basically just in there like Rodney Hood was last yeah, year exactly. as yeah. trade, and yeah. same with Svi and Drajic, right? They're just in to make the money work. Yeah, because um, yeah. I think Indiana's going into a bit of a full rebuild, but I think Justin Holiday is the one piece that'd be huge. I was really I liked in there, right? Because yep. three and D guy off the bench kind of kind of just fit. Which we need. We don't ha- really have. We don't only have wings off the bench like that. Um, not really like you does are one in, yeah this bring in three right. this brings in three wings so um it might be a little crowded but i mean yeah hey like i mean yeah better to have more than less right um and yeah. yeah i think i think i think uh indiana could really use malachi flynn as part of their the mm-hmm. start of their rebuild just have just Mal- have just have <laughs> some have some have a promising young point guard you know malachi flynn is going to be a theme in a lot of these trades is he <laughs> yeah okay and okay this next one luke is really going to hate um, I'm sorry in advance, Luke. Um, all right. The Raptors receive Jalen Smith from the Phoenix Suns, and Phoenix receives Malachi Flynn and Yuta Watanabe. Luke becomes a Phoenix Suns I'm sorry. Fan. And I'm quitting, man. I'm shutting this shit down right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Suns Cast podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the Sun Chat podcast. Sun Chat. <laughs> Sun Chip. What did I say? Sun it, Sun, no, you said Sun. I said Sun Cast. Sun Actually, kind of nice. Sun Cast. Sun Cast. Oh. I just, thought, I just thought I just thought Sunship. Like, One of the Sunship podcasts. Well, I mean, like Sunship, like right, is the chip like you win the championship, right? The chip. Oh, true. Oh, that, mm, that's a good Sunship for when the Suns win this. Yeah, if the, if the Suns, it only works if the Suns win. But yep. like, um, and you just have one episode, and it's like, guys, the Suns won. This is the Sunship podcast. Wait, hold on. So it's Flynn and Watanabe for Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith's been yeah. balling the past few games. Man, he has. And they're going to trade him, I think, right? Because they didn't pick up his option. Oh, they, ha- they have um, to at this point. I mean, his, his value is even yeah. higher now, too. Um, yeah. I don't... I, I mean, I feel like they can get more than Flynn and Watanabe for Jalen Smith, to be honest. That's what I thought, too. But that was... Yeah. I mean, maybe you throw a pick in there of some sure. sort. Um, um, but I just don't know. He doesn't have any... Like, he's going to be a free agent, right? Yeah, so. I would take Smith to be your Boucher replacement for sure. Yeah. Um, so we, oh, we, re- yeah. we retain him in the offseason and let Boucher go. Um, yeah. Because he, he, he's a he's a great 3 and D big man, right? Um, yeah. And he I think he was perfectly with our team. So I definitely want Jalen Smith. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, Flynn, not in our future. Yeah. <laughs> so just... Part of me wishes we had somebody who works in the office that's just like, tell us what they're talking about. Yeah. Tell us what's going on. Have you seen it? We I need to know. Me. There was this one time where uh, Jeff Weltman, the uh, GM of the Magic, former GM of the Raptors, oh, yeah. um, there was the big whiteboard with all the trade scenarios. <laughs> and there's like, there's like 25 trade targets they're looking for. And they got leaked. So oh, there's like all over Twitter the Orlando. Oh, Magics. I do remember that. Yeah. So there's like ones like Aaron Gordon for Dario Sarge swab yeah. or something years ago <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, that's crazy that this got yeah. leaked. Um, oh man, that's I would so love. I mean, you'll you'll miss Utah, but I mean, realistically, I think we're winning. He'd be that fun trade. in. Uh, he'd be fun in Phoenix. 
you wouldn't know he would fit them perfectly. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think that's, a, I guess that's good for both. Like, I, th- I don't think we're losing much from that trade, especially because we're still a young team, right? Like, we're still have, yeah. we still have the least amount of games played in the NBA, right? Mm. That didn't change. Yeah, and you're only getting younger with that trade. Exactly. And, and if I think about it, like, would I get a Utah Watanabe jersey from the Raptors and the Suns? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gonna cost you more that money. That would be pretty cool. That's more expensive. So I'll have to say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, the, the Watanabe jersey for the Raptors and the Suns would be pretty sick. That would be sick. Like seeing Watanabe yeah. on it's such a cool last name too. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on both a sides, Raptors the jersey, jersey. <laughs> and the Suns jersey, that'd be pretty sick. And it's a Kanye bar. Utah Watanabe Yama. Isn't it? It's Junior. Junior. Yeah. I just like saying Utah. It's like J U N. This one, this one's Elias is gonna like. I think. Ooh. All right, the Raptors receive uh, Lonnie Walker and Ooh. a second-round pick. Ooh. And the second-round pick, I don't even know if you have to put it in or not. San Antonio, though, receives uh, Delano Banton and Kem Birch. San Antonio, hold on. Lonnie plus second for, for Delano and Delano Kem. Banton. Delano and Kem. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the reason I bring this up is I think – um, the Spurs have too many young wings slash guards. They're going to have to trade one yeah, of them. Yeah, that's true. Walker is the easiest one to get. I think from a Raptor standpoint, he fits what we do um, in terms of like he can kind of be like an off-the-bench Gary Trent Jr. with some shot creation, way more athletic, but some 3 and D shot creation, can fill in in the starting lineup, can just do a lot of stuff. Uh, and then the Raptors, I don't think Ken Birch is all that valuable of a piece. I think any team would want him. I don't think... But I think the real piece here is Delano, obviously. And the fact that the Raptors have shown a propensity to maybe go towards less traditional point guard play mm-hmm. um, might be a sign that maybe they'd value a guy like Walker who can score rather than a guy like Banton who is just kind of a playmaker. Um, um, at this point, Sam. I, I think it's it's really tough because... Delano's so new to the I league. know, man. And, like, he just has so much to work with, so much potential. Um, also, I don't know if the Spurs do that trade, to be honest, because, I mean... They the might not. S- the Spurs are getting Delano Banton, but, I mean, they're they're losing a better young player right now. Yeah. So, it's, it's just you're you're getting younger, but you're also... Lo- like, the, the talent level between Delano and Lonnie is pretty significant right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the Spurs do that. I mean, I, and I don't even know... If, because I do think Lonnie fits us very well, especially like you said, with the lack of traditional point guard play, which has been working really well. Um, if we keep doing that, then Delano won't. Be, we also could be doing that because Delano is not really uh, there yet. So I'm just mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to keep Delano another year and just see what he can do over the off season yeah. and see what happens with well, that. Well, just the amount of improvement we saw, but like we. I I don't like saying this all the time, but uh, but any for listeners who haven't heard us say this in the past. He was expected to be a G League guy all year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he actually contributed in a lot of games this yeah, year. I mean, he's, had, less... he's, had, he's had spurts of, of great great play. And, and it's just crazy to see that he's on the roster and he still gets subbed in for some of these games. I mean, I think one of the reasons why we're seeing less of Delano is because we're seeing a healthier team for mm-hmm. us and we yeah. need to get these guys gelling. So yeah. we obviously can't give any time to Delano or guys like Malachi even. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, but I would just I would love to see what happens with Delano. I think he he knows he wants he needs to develop a shot. He has to develop yeah, uh, a, either to. a mid range, like a, a, a consistent mid range, which is very doable, right? If yeah, you think sure. of a oh shit, maybe his phone died. Let's try calling right now and see. 
What happened there, Sam? Yep. Uh, nothing. I was I was on with you guys. Oh, oh that's weird. We didn't touch anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> well, so just what I was saying about Delano was just yeah, like he yeah, had yeah. like uh, that. Um, who am I thinking? Uh, Livingston. Um, yeah, Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston. If he if he can develop that that um, that deadly mid range game or a three point shot to go along with it, like maybe like. Because one thing about John Livingston, he had no three-point shot. No. Like, this guy did not shoot threes. No. But um, if, if Delano knows he's he's young enough to develop a three-point shot. So if he can develop a consistent mid-range uh, game and also maybe a less consistent but still sort of consistent three, mm-hmm. um, similar to, like, what Pascal does in terms of his three-point shooting, like sure. maybe two uh, three-points a, three points, uh, shots a shots game, a game yeah. right? Yeah. On maybe, like, four attempts, five attempts maybe, uh, which is fine. Uh, I think Delano, there's a place for him because he can get to the basket. We know Delano can get to the basket, definitely, right? Definitely. And if he can keep developing that game, uh, I think he's very promising. So I, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just hesitant to let Delano go because I honestly, if I think yep. like, and I've just heard how much you guys talk about him, I think he's got more upside than a guy like Malachi. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Um, and just yeah, with Lonnie, because I definitely like Lonnie Walker, and especially on our team too, because like you said, he can be like a Gary Trent off the bench for us, and we keep Gary starting. Um, but also Lonnie's been. I mean, you know, I obviously like Delano Walker a lot. I like his potential, but he's been very inconsistent. And yes, uh, I don't yeah. know if I want to bring that off the bench right now. Um, as much as our bench needs more scoring, it is you. We're trying to we're starting to get know we're gonna get we're gonna get energy from Chris. Uh, Kem's gonna be Kem's gonna come in and be solid. You know what I mean? Precious is still kind of back and forth, but Utah is gonna come and bring energy. Um, with Lonnie, he's not he's the type of guy don't, you don't really know what you're gonna get. It still seems like a project, and I just don't really want that right now. So. Just because we know yep. what we have, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't really pull that trigger right now. All right, this one is my favorite. Um, it is going along with the theme of the no point guards and using like the wings and forwards to create. Uh, and this is a three-team deal. Ooh. Ooh uh, the Raptors uh, leave the trade uh, with Kyle Anderson. Uh, the Grizzlies get Kem Birch and Grant Williams, and Boston gets Malachi Flynn and a Memphis second round pick. So basically the Raptors are trading Malachi Flynn and Kem Birch for Kyle Anderson. And my thinking was Kyle Anderson can really play make. Uh, he's a very unique player, but if he was maybe on your bench unit as a guy that can come in and play make, uh, mm-hmm. run that unit, but also fill in with your starters and play off the ball. Who are the Celtics uh, getting again? And he's, what's Malachi. that? Just Malachi. Boston gets second Malachi round. and a Memphis second rounder, yeah. Okay. And then Memphis gets Ken Burch because I think that's their one weakness. Maybe another backup big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they get Grant Williams. So, this one was my favorite. Sorry, I'm stretching my legs. Like, oh, my knees. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I would love Kyle Anderson on our team, to be honest with you. I know. that's. I think he's such a Raptors type player. Me too. I mean, without the athleticism, he doesn't have any athleticism, but. Um, um, I don't know if the Celtics will want Malachi Flynn. Well, they don't have a lot of any promising young guard. Is he a point guard though? I think he's more of like an off-ball. Really? Guy. I, he's been. I think him and Malachi are relatively similar in play style. Yeah, I, I guess. Think. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, but yeah, I mean that's just poking, picking hairs. Um, <laughs> splitting that, hairs. Is that splitting, <laughs> I'm picking my hairs. That's just picking hairs. Yeah, yeah I'm just picking hairs. <laughs> Busy. Don't mind me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I love Kyle Anderson on our team. Um, and I think that's definitely a good haul for the Grizzlies. Grant Williams has been shooting yep. the lights out of the ball, by the way. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't trust that, but no, me either. I don't think he's it's a consistent, good. He's a, as a throw-in. Why not? Right? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I like it. I think so. I really like Conley because I, I think he is a he's a playmaking forward, which we do need off the bench. So yeah, yeah, I think I think that'd be great for us. All right, that's all I've got for uh, you guys on this one. All right. Um, well, are we ready? Looking to do, ahead here. Looking or? ahead. Yeah. So we got the right. Pelicans uh, game tonight, um, and yep. that we'll talk about that next podcast. And then what else do we have coming up? We have uh, the Suns on Tuesday night Ooh. in Toronto. Uh, that will be uh, a bit. That's our first big test with and everyone healthy. Assuming, what is, assuming uh, no one sits on Phoenix. When what is yeah? What yeah. is what is the roster looking like at us right now? For Phoenix, for Phoenix, yeah. everyone's they've everyone's got there. everyone. Well, yeah. has Aiden, everyone's Aiden's hasn't of... been playing, or Crowder hasn't been playing. Uh, think... they, they both came back last game. Oh, did they? Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, let's so hope they're... that they face us with the full team. Yeah, I want to be. I want to see them. I want to play yeah. them healthy. That'll say, be an interesting test suffer. to see, <laughs> see them lose uh, so a hard. Phoenix team that's kind of like guard oriented when in terms of the offensive end, mm-hmm. and like they're kind of opposite to the Raptors, right? They have two scoring guards and a traditional big man. I want to see CP versus. Fred, Ooh, that's yeah. a great so, matchup. Yeah, that's and then the Pelicans game. Um, the Chris Pelicans. What are you say? Yeah, um, the Pelicans don't Sorry. have like a ton of talent, but they have been like their team that comes in and like tries super hard every game. Like Willie Green, I think has done a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. So and JV back in Toronto, so that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. No fans though, unfortunately. But yeah, that's too bad. Um, soon enough though. Soon enough. Yeah. Soon enough. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got, guys. All righty. So I guess we'll head out. So before we wrap up the podcast today, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like us, comment on our video, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you else you get your podcast, please make sure to leave us a rating and also leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every week. I'm your host, Luke Dick. I'm Elias Eldridge. And I'm Sam Kenny. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Peace out. Peace. Peace.